Heavenly Father, we thank you for Andrew this morning, and we thank you for the gift that he is uh, to the body of Christ here in Long Eaton, and uh, for the way in which he has served with a, uh, an open heart uh, and uh, a servant heart and with integrity, and for the skill and wisdom and the giftings that you've placed upon him. And so we just pray right now that you will anoint and release and encourage him and release him and may he have a tremendous sense of liberty and freedom as he shares what you've placed upon his heart. May it just so touch hearts and minds. May we not only um, be informed, but we pray for the transforming power of your word as well. Not only for it to enter our heads, but to touch our hearts and spirits this morning. So Holy Spirit, would you just have your way? You are so welcome. Now empower Andrew and the words that he shares is a living word. Your word is living and active. And so may it touch and transform our hearts this morning. And for some may it be a lifeline. For others may it be an inspiration. Others an encouragement. Maybe a a, a direction. Whatever it may be for each one according to our need this morning and the way in which you want to share. We ask, bless him and touch our hearts we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, great to see you. Can I just share a word? I just feel the Holy Spirit upon my heart this morning, just in the time of worship. I saw a picture of uh, someone running through a corridor and pushing doors and trying to get through the doors and nothing was happening. The doors were uh, even being slammed in their face. And then as they carried on running along this corridor, there was, there was a, at the end there was somewhere and it, it wasn't even a door. It was just a frame. And beyond the frame, I just saw this beautiful tropical landscape and uh, I, I really feel I asked God what that was all about and I really felt the Holy Spirit would say that there's someone that has been pushing doors and I really think it's uh, to do with work and job and uh, been pushing doors and they've been slammed in your face you feel like you're not getting anywhere but uh, I just feel that God would say to you that there is a miracle in the most unexpected place ha- going to happen for you. And uh, I hold true to God's word. I really do because he is a God who makes provision in the most unlikely places. When we think about the stable of Jesus, what an unlikely place for a miracle to be born that was going to transform the world. When we think about the empty tomb, uh, a place of death and no life and life broke forth. So I want to I speak that as a word over your life. If it's for you this morning, I just uh, want to encourage you to put, pop your hand up. I'm going to quickly pray over you. There's a number of people that's for. Hallelujah. Father God, we just lift up these people who are responding to this word this morning. Lord, even though men will close doors and slam doors and it can be intimidating, Lord, I thank you that when your word is released, it's transforming. And Lord, we pray for miracles in these situations. Lord, we pray for the provision of your miracle. Lord God, I just thank you that it's not just about our efforts in things, it's about your perfect timing. And Lord God, we declare your perfect timing over all these situations. I don't know anything about Lord God, but you do. We declare your perfect timing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. And listen, whoever's responded to that, I'm expecting for you as you are in that. So listen, give us a praise report. When, when that miracle comes, let us know and we can share about that in church together. Brilliant. Well, it's good to be together, isn't it, church? Yes, it is. Uh, I'd just like to congratulate Adrian and Helen on 28 years of marriage together. Sitting completely separate in church. That's a, the secret of a long marriage is not sitting together in church. Is that, is that what it is? He- Helen, would you mind stepping forward? I've got something for you. Uh, um, it's a nice thing. Don't worry. But we, we just, congratulations, Adrian. And thinking about the Olympics, Helen, I've got a gold medal for you. Just bestow it upon you. Well done. Well done. God Bless you with many more. 
she hasn't. Nah, she hasn't. I, I apologise, Helen, because if you look a bit more closely, it's not just a gold medal. It's actually a beer bottle opener. So it's, it's, it's all I could... <laughs> might be useful, I don't know. But, but it's all I could get hold of. Ah, oh, Aldis, if you want to buy Adrian one, just in case. Well, this morning we're carrying on the theme of running the race, running the race. Mike spoke last week, great word on uh, running with purpose, and he spoke from experience as a runner. This morning I speak to you in my experience as a non-runner. In fact, Penny bought me a pair of jeans this week, and uh, I tried them on, and, and the ones I'm wearing actually... I said, oh, Penny, this stretchy denim. He said, it might help. (laughs) In fact, I walked into church this morning in these stretchy skinnies, and I thought I'd got an abscess on my leg. I said to Tim, I think I've got an abscess on my leg. Turns out it was a mint imperial in my pocket. That is a trouble with these skinny fit things, isn't it? Never comfortable. So anyway, my challenge is about uh, training, about being fit to run, not running to be fit. He talked about the disciplines of the Christian life uh, to help uh, us run with purpose. It's a great message. He also left us with a training program. Anyone fill that in? Anyone been following their training program? Some of you have. Great. There's more in the foyer if you want to pick one up on your way out and listen to his podcast. It's a great, great word. Um, He also put me on a, a running machine for 10 minutes. And for those of you that were worried that I lost 39 calories... I've got them back. Don't, don't worry. Uh, a number of you, including Mike Cook Rogers, have suggested that I, uh, I put a bit of pressure on me to do an Ironman uh, competition. <laughs> and now I have, I'm not going to do that. Sorry, Mike. I'm not going to do that. But I may possibly do the, the Tin Man. Uh, but I'm not sure I've got the heart for it. You, you like that? You like that? Boom. Boom. That's good, isn't it? That's lovely, that. Uh, do, do you know? Do you know who the the fastest runner is of all time? Usain Bolt. No, no, it's Adam because he came first in the human race. I'm sorry, Dave. You got better ones than this, haven't you? I should have borrowed a few of you. You know, the the only race that I've ever won in my life was uh, against a tomato because he couldn't catch up. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to start with them. Uh, I'm I'm not sporty at all. In fact, when I was at school, I'd do everything I could to get out of cross-country. Who hated cross-country at school? Yeah, I'm not alone. Thank you. I would look look for the shortcuts. I would even feign illness. My mum will remember this, but I remember one year uh, before I went to school, I covered my face in talcum powder to try and look pale, and, and I put a hot water bottle on my head to try and give myself a temperature. She still sent me. And she sent me with all sorts of illnesses, really, to school. But I hated cross-country. But in Hebrews chapter 12, and that's where our focus is going to be today, we're given this analogy of life as a race. Life as a race. Think about jokes. I'd like to publicly thank Luke Wilkins for sending me a joke at 4 o'clock in the morning when he was in Australia. Different time zone here, mate. Different time zone. Brilliant. So if you've got your Bibles... Flick open to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to dip into that today. You know, every earthly life has a start and a finish. And in between, there's some really, really hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And on some days, we just want to quit. And uh, it's not just about starting the race. It's also about finishing it too. And considering that, I've got a little challenge. I'm going to start 
And you've got to finish, okay? I've started so you'll finish and see if you know some of these catchphrases. So just shout them out to me. If at first you don't succeed, chocolate for everyone on the way out, Adrian. Uh, there, there's a light. Oh, you're so, you're so good at this. Uh, nice to see you. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, it ain't over till... I don't know, PC, is it? That actually thinking about... Uh, all for one and... Brilliant. Uh, my favourite, he says. Uh, well, here's another fine mess. Oh, you're very good at this. Uh, some mothers. It's a good night from me. Oh, bonus point there. Can I have a pee? No, can I just have a pee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, Bob, please, Bob. Uh, we're under British quizzes. And then last one. When life gives you lemons... Not what I've got down, actually. I've got bite them and make a funny face. We'll, we'll move on from that. Thinking about the Olympics, thinking about the Olympics, there was a, a Tanzanian, and if the picture's up yet, yeah, in the yellow circle there, that guy's name is John Stephen Akwari. That was the 1968 Mexico Olympics. Anyone remember that? We'll tell you he's even invented then. Yeah, they were. Um, he was the last runner in a marathon. He came in one and a half hours after the, the winner of the marathon. And uh, he was practically carrying his leg. It had fallen. It, it was bleeding everywhere. They bandaged it up as best as they could uh, during his marathon run. And at the end of the race, when he crossed the finish line, there was a film director called Bud Greenspan. And he said to him, why, why did you keep on going? Why didn't you just quit? And it's just so amazing what came from John Stephen Akwari's lips. He said this. He replied, uh, you don't understand. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. That's commitment. That is endurance. I love it. That's finishing what he started. And maybe this morning we come full of beans and enthusiasm. Maybe we were running this morning. Um, but, but maybe some of us aren't feeling that because we're feeling the pace of life and maybe we feel ready to give up. But today I want to give you some encouragement today as we continue the theme of running the race, run with endurance, run with endurance. So keep going. Let's finish what we started. Flick on my glasses. Hebrews chapter 12, first four verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance. Everyone say, run with endurance. Fantastic. The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured. Jesus endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And then hopping down to verse 12 of chapter 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Wow. I love that, actually. It just talks about us strengthening our feet and marking a straight path so that others who are weak won't fall. It's quite a challenge that is for us in our life and witness before others to, to be that support and encouragement to others. So 
we're going to get into this. Uh, no doubt that the, the writer of Hebrews drew upon imagery uh, from the games that were held places in like Olympia. In Olympia, there was tens of thousands of people that would uh, come and watch uh, the games where the games were held in honor of Greek gods, gods like Zeus. In fact, at the heart of Olympia was a temple for Zeus. And it was all about setting that religious festival about Zeus, where they would slaughter uh, hundreds of oxen, where a black ram would be sacrificed and the blood dripped on the floor to mark the start of the games. Uh, and I'm sure he's drawing on some of that imagery of the games that people were familiar with at that time. But the writer of Hebrews is pointing to a greater race. He's pointing to a greater goal, a greater prize, a greater sacrifice, and he's pointing to a great God. A great God. And in the first couple of verses in chapter 12, there's powerful reminders for us to keep going, to keep going, to press in, to endure. But before that, I love chapter 11. And if you've not read it before, I want to encourage you to go home and read it today while it's still fresh. Because chapter 11 is just so inspiring, inspiring men and women who have gone before in the faith. And uh, they persevered, and they've endured, and they didn't quit or abandon their faith. It talks about Noah, it talks about Jacob, it talks about Abraham and Sarah. It, it talks about so many men and women through history that have endured to the bitter end. And for some of them, they receive their promise, they receive their joy. But in the end of chapter 11, we read actually, for some of them, it was pretty horrific. They endured to the end, and for some of them, it meant that they were going to be sawn in half for their faith. It meant they'd be beheaded or put in prison or forgotten about. And we're encouraged to think about those by faith in the face of mockery, by faith in the face of torment and torture and impossibility. By faith, they saw the release of the miraculous. By faith, God broke through. By faith, what will we see for our families and for our church and for this area? Let faith stir as we read about these people. So chapter 12 then, it comes in on the back of a chapter all about these men and women. And it says this in verse uh, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Wow. See, the crowd. We pointed to a crowd. Uh, On the blue circle there in our Olympic rings, you'll see... A crowd, you can probably guess where it's from unless you're squinting at the screen. Uh, That is from the London 2012 Olympics, the Union Jacks being waved in the air there. Great crowd uh, that we think about. But here, we're encouraged to picture a great crowd cheering us on in the faith. Can you imagine it? Just, Just put yourself there for a moment. You're running around a track, you glance up at the stadium, and you see Moses, come on, keep going. And you, and, you, and you see Sarah, come on, I hold on to the promise you can too, keep going, keep going. And you see Joseph in his technical dream coat, going, yeah, keep going. And, 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 and you see Noah with a dove on his shoulder, a dove on his other shoulder, two doves. And, and you know what, think about that. Think about all those people that have gone before us in the faith throughout history in that stadium. Picture it. They're there cheering you on. Keep going. Endure. Persevere. You can do it. You know, in the London 2012 Olympics, Great Britain finished third. Third in the medal table. 65 medals we got. 29 gold, 17 bronze, and there was nine, 19 bronze, 17 silver, 19 bronze. Incredible. Shout out to the Virginians. Did all right in the rugby, didn't they? 
gave us a little whooping in the Olympics. Great, good on them. But it's interesting what they did. They honored God before the sport. And there were some divers, U.S. divers that did amazing as well, pointed to his identity in Christ rather than what, what it was all about. So, lesson for us there, maybe. Team GB, take note. Um, <clears throat> but in the London 2012 Olympics, all those medals, all those elite sportsmen and women, all the practice and training and disciplines that they had prepared for that moment, but incredible what a lot of them said afterwards. Uh, so a lot of them said what helped them cross the finish line to medal victory was the crowd. It was the crowd. I think it was Chris Hoy that said sometimes that the support, the home support, was almost deafening. That he couldn't even hear himself because just cheering him on. And, and, and it was like that. It, incredible. It, it mattered. The crowd mattered to these elite athletes. It mattered. And you know what? It matters that we also consider those that run before us and inspire us. It matters because heaven cheers you on in your life. Heaven cheers you on in your race. And I want to encourage us that the experience of the faithful should inspire us to run with endurance. It should. We lost a a friend this last week, um, and they had put up a a strong fight uh, against a brain tumor, and um, they finished well. And they finished with endurance. And it inspires me how they finished. My dad, when he passed away, he said, I hope I've lived well, but now I want to finish well. It's important that we consider and are inspired by those who run before us. The crowd isn't just a, a faceless sea of people. It's the crowd of heaven is cheering you on in your race. Consider that. So we see the crowd, but also here we see the Christ the Redeemer statue there, towering above Rio where the Olympics are now being held. When we think about what it says in verse 2, it says this. When we do, we do this uh, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, a champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. The cross. Jesus endured the cross, the hostility, the pain, the agony, the crowds that were jeering, being spat upon, being marked, those nails, those spear in his side. He went through it all. On the cross. Then the message version of the Bible says this. Think about all that. Think about all that Jesus went through on the cross. And let it shoot adrenaline into your souls. This morning, if we need a personal revival, this is a great point to start thinking on. The cross. The cross. Because it should stir stir our spirits and stir our hearts. Because everything that Jesus did uh, was for us on that cross. Mike said last week about Jesus setting the example in endurance. And when we read that, we know that he did. But it's also the one that we should keep f- focused on as it perfects our faith in us. He ran with you in mind. When Jesus ministered on this earth for those three years, he had you and me in mind. He loves you. And his joy was bringing you salvation. There was no joy in the cross. The cross was a place of agony. And torture, there was no joy in the cross, but the joy we read lay beyond the cross. The joy was seeing you come to salvation, come into a relationship with Jesus. And, and, and the agony of the cross for Jesus, it wasn't the end game. The end game was our joy in salvation. 
of entering that relationship with him. And this morning, if you've stepped into this place and you've got, not got a relationship with Jesus, let today be the day where you draw your eyes to Jesus and to the cross. Let him be the one where your focus and attention lies because he makes all the difference. He has made all the difference in my life. Mike spoke about running with purpose. I know that Jesus gave me a purpose. I love that, um, Eric Liddell. What, what year was the year he ran in the Olympics? 1928, was it something? Something like that. Then I wasn't around then, as you may have guessed. But Eric, Eric Liddell was a man who stood by his convictions as a, as a born-again Christian. And he was, looked to serve God in all that he did. And, and he endured and he, t- and he talked about his purpose. He said, God's made me fast. He's made me with a purpose. He's made us with a purpose. And it's in him that we discover our purpose and who we are and our identity. So look to the cross, but as Jesus did, see beyond the cross, because in our, in our lives there will be struggles, there will be temptations, there will be things that we have to persevere through and push through and endure. But listen, just as it was for Jesus, the cross wasn't the end game. Your struggles and temptations and trials now, they aren't the end game. They aren't the end game. In, ver- in chapter 11, uh, verse 35 of Hebrews, it says this, that they hoped in a better life after resurrection which is housed through Christ. There is hope in the struggles. Man, if some of them people were facing being sawn in half for their faith, but the reality that they were grounded in was that there was hope beyond that one moment, then how much more for us to take hold of that? Because uh, that's where we find our hope, founded in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, our race should be grounded in God's grace. You like that? Poetic but meaningful. Our race should be grounded in God's grace. All that Jesus has run, all that he's done before for you and me at the cross. Let, us, let that stir us on. Let that stir our hearts this morning. Discover the joy in your race as you look to Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Then we also read, we've heard about the crowd we heard about the cross, how Jesus endured the cross, but also challenged, we're challenged in verse 1 about what we carry. What we carry, it says there that, that what we carry in life can hinder our race. What we carry in life can hinder our race. Now, I'm no expert in uh, Greek Olympics, but I will never forget our RE teaching us and educating us in, in sixth form about the fact that the ancient Olympians ran in the nude. Let's not dwell on that. Let's just move on. <laughs> kind of brings a whole new meaning, doesn't it, to strip off every weight that slows us down. Uh, they they didn't, didn't want anything to get in the way. I'm sure, sure that's what it was all about. Um, but for us, it's something that we need to consider. Not, not <laughs> running in the nude or anything like that. But stripping off every weight that would slow us down in life. Let's get out of this hole quickly and move on. What do we carry? Last week, I went to uh, the Stepping Stones in Dovedale. Anyone been there? Oh, it's beautiful up there, beautiful. Uh, we, we went as a family, took the dog to try and wear him out, our big loaf of a dog, and, um, and uh, got to the stepping stones, and there was a crowd there, as there always is, big crowd on one side of the stepping stones trying to get across, big crowd on this side of the stones trying to get across, and there was a woman in front of me, and I'm like, you go, you go, you go first. She says, oh no, I've been across, you go. Anyway, went, approached the stepping stones, and our big loafy, clumsy dog Suddenly got a fright moment and didn't want to cross the stepping stones. And uh, if you've seen our dog, you know he's a big boy. So 
in that moment, I just panicked at the thought, I don't know what to do. I've got a whole crowd of people looking at me, waiting for me to get across to the other side so they can come. I ended up picking him up and carrying him across and nearly falling in the, the river myself. And let me tell you this, he is quite a weight. Um, but there is stuff that we carry in life, not just in those moments when we're trying to get across the stepping stones. There's stuff that we carry that just slows down in life. So whether that's guilt or shame, whether that's an, a resentment that we hold on to, maybe it's a, a, a bad attitude that, that we've had, maybe it's unforgiveness. Um, all those things, they're just baggage. Baggage that weigh us down, that we carry around, that don't help us in our walk with Jesus. I want to ask you, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? Is what you're carrying in life of a benefit or not? Is it benefiting you? Is it, is it helping you grow in your faith? Because if, it, if it's not, then it, maybe it's worth getting rid, stripping it off, chucking it off. As Taylor Swift would say, shake it off, shake it off. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but we also read about how the sin that we carry in our hearts uh, and our lives is actually a tripping hazard. It's a tripping hazard to us. Um, and maybe it's that just once won't hurt attitude that we, we've got. Maybe, maybe it's the late night viewing. Maybe it's the odd white lie. Maybe it's the odd derogatory word about someone at, at work. Maybe it's the drink too many. They're all tripping hazards. Sin is a tripping hazard. That's what it is. You know, the most common cause of injuries at work are tripping hazards. Did you know that? It costs businesses over £500 million a year. In tripping hazards. That's just one aspect of accidents. Tripping hazards. Tripping hazards are costly. They're costly. You know, uh, all, all the years of, of youth work and going into schools and engaging with young people in the community, I see so many of them that engage in things that they think is going to help move on or bring pleasure and stuff, and then they become tripping hazards in their walk with God, in their relationship with Jesus. And I'm sure that's the same for, for many, many of us that, that maybe we've experienced in our own lives that we've carried some weight. Maybe we've just had a, had a little sin, a secret sin that no one knows about that we just, you know, doesn't affect anyone. You know what? They're tripping hazards. In our relationship with Jesus, they'll trip us up. They'll trip us up. Last week, we had the uh, Oasis Olympics on the park for our rounders champion, Jonathan Swift, here with us this morning. Out of the park. Uh, and uh, I, I'd like to publicly apologize to Jonathan because I was his partner in the three-legged race. And, uh, sorry? You, re- really, Jonathan? Oh, this is great, isn't it? This is, I feel like we're having a moment now. Bless you, Jonathan. No, honestly, it's me that should apologize to you. It really is. <laughs> you can say it again if you like. It's more convincing the second time what you say. No, I apologize to you because I feel like I slowed him down. You know, the old three-legged race where you're bound up to someone, I, I, I felt really bad because his, his leg, his ankle was chafed on the thing that we had around her because I was almost falling forward and I felt Jonathan was holding me up. It, wasn't, it was a messy thing that took place. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, so I apologize, Jonathan, for that. And uh, Next year, partner up with someone else and my Jane, be around next year. Um, but there's things that we, we uh, bind ourselves to, attach ourselves to in life that aren't doing us any favors that trip us up. Things that, you know, we, we, we find it hard to get rid of. Those things that attach themselves, like the sin that so easily ensnares us. And, and, and listen, let's take those words from 
from Hebrews to heart. Just, just get rid of them. Don't harbour the, the thought about it. Don't harbour thinking how you're going to deal with it. I invite the Holy Spirit to help you to, to move on and to get rid of it. You know, think about what you carry, what, what's been tripping you up. Put it down. So, so we're called in our race of endurance, those areas there, three areas there to help us to run with endurance. We've got the crowd, we've got the cross, and we've got our Iranian Olympian there lifting a weight. Uh, that face there is enough to put me off ever doing weightlifting. I, just, I have had that face before, but it's when I've had a hot curry. Consider those things, consider the crowd, consider the cross of Christ, consider what you may be carrying that's just an unnecessary weight. Chew on all those things that the writer of Hebrews says on, and in verse 3 it says this, then you won't become weary and give up. It's a lesson in endurance. Love it. But, if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, there's been days when I have felt like I've been weary and I've wanted to give up. There's been times when I felt that I've wanted to just quit the race. That I feel like I've been running in circles rather than going anywhere. I've been running around more like a headless chicken than a focused athlete, if I'm going to be completely honest. There's been times like that in my life. And may, maybe, maybe it's the fact that when I've been my most weary in life is when I've tried to do life on my own terms. May, maybe... When I've been the most weary in my own life, it's been when I've thought that I could just run it on my own, uh, when really we can run with the Holy Spirit alongside us. And I, and I, I reflect on my, my life this morning, and uh, I, I feel stirred about those three areas that motivate us to keep enduring, but I'm also aware of the reality that in my time I've took my eyes off those three things and I have become weary and I have wanted to give up and uh, and maybe weariness can kick in because we've we've just changed lanes from God's grace race to uh, the rat race and and when our focus has shifted from looking to Jesus uh, to the pleasures and treasures of this world that it offers us and maybe this morning like I've said we've come firing on all cylinders we're good to go but, but maybe uh, we've come this morning and we do feel weary and we do feel run down. And uh, maybe the last thing on our mind this morning is running the race. And I can absolutely relate to you because there's been some challenging times and there is challenging times for us in life. So even holding on to those three key areas for running the race, the reality is that sometimes it's hard. Listen. If I said life's a fun run, who would agree with me? Life's just a fun run. <laughs> Get in your fairy outfit and do a fun run. No, life is not a fun run. That's why we're told in Scripture to run with endurance. There are great moments in life. We can embrace friendship and relationships and celebrations and things go well. But also we need to be aware that we are called to run with endurance, not just enter a fun run. And on this, I want to bring something else. Now, in our green circle, <laughs> we look. That's how I look when I do a run. That, that's me in the green circle. <laughs> that's, that's just when I've gone round to co-op because we've run out of milk. That's the <laughs> penny. <I can't laughs> uh, 
There's not many times that I've run in life. One of them was when our dog ran off out the front door and I had to catch him. The other one was uh, me and my dad, uh, we thought we'd have an adventure. We ended up in someone's private property and got chased off by two Dobermans. And uh, Yeah, so there's been a number of times I've run, but every time I've looked, I've had, I've looked like that at the end. But Jesus said something pretty incredible, and here we bring our fourth C of the morning, is, uh, is come, come, come to me. Incredible promise that Jesus spoke in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You see, the key to our weariness, there's three areas there that can inspire us, inspire us and, and, and help us to endure. But the key to our weariness is to come to Christ. Christ is our rest in the run. And I'm not good at that. I am not good at that. Sometimes I try and block out the noise of life by making a louder noise. Is anyone like that? When your head is whirring at night and your head hits the pillow and you're, you're feeling absolutely shattered, but you've got all this stuff going off, I'll stick a podcast on or some loud music and it doesn't do me any good. I'm not good at rest. I sit on the sofa at home. I think I've got five minutes. But then I think about all the things that I've got to do. That's not resting because I'm thinking about other things. I'm not good at resting. But the key here is that Christ is our rest in the run. And what resting and waiting does for the weary is to refocus, to recuperate, to realign our heart to Father God's heart. And maybe this morning in our weariness of life, that's what we need to do. Just rest and wait on God. And uh, God, you know what? God desires us to run, not be run down. God desires us to run and run with purpose and run with endurance. He wants us to run, but he doesn't want us to be run down. And I know uh, Pastor Adrian spoke on a number of times about his experiences of pastor and other, other pastors that have been burnt out and stung and worn out and weary. And that life does, life does that. But God, God doesn't want us like that. He doesn't want us run down. He wants us to run. And uh, rest is not resignation, but rest is often restoration. You're not giving up. You're not quitting by, by having a rest. Allow yourselves to rest in God's presence. Uh, now, as I said, I'm not a running a, a runner, <laughs> so I don't got a clue what, what advice a, r- a runner would give to you. So I'm, I'm turning to Ed Eystone, who's a two-time Olympic, Olympic marathon and long-distance runner. And he says this, rest days reward runners with different recovery benefits. It prevents overuse of injuries. It restores glycogen stores, whatever they are. It prevents mental burnout. It builds strength. It reduces fatigue. In fact, it's recommended once a week that you have a rest day. Wow. I think that's pretty amazing because God came up with that idea a long time before Ed. When he talked about a rest day, Sabbath day, God knew what he was on about. He knew what he was on about. He made it for us. He gave us a rest day. Great advice, Ed. God got there before you. So to the burnt out, to the stressed out, to the worn out, Jesus invites us to come this morning and rest in him and remain in him. Uh, that, that, let me declare that promise over our lives again. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus didn't say, go and do some more work. Go and, go and run around like a headless chicken. Try and get there, enjoy life even though it's hard. He didn't say that. He just said, come to me. There was an invite from Jesus, the Savior of the world, to come and rest in him. 
I want to speak a promise, another promise over our lives this morning. It's in Isaiah 40, and it's verse 3. It's familiar. It says, those who wait, those who trust, those who hope, those who rest upon the Lord, they'll find new strength. They'll run and not grow weary. I want to run like that. I want to run and not grow weary. I want to run with endurance. I want to run with purpose. But I know that the key in that is coming to Christ. Coming to Christ. Let me just share one last Olympic story that I think is just brilliant. It was in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. I just remember that because I was about two or three at the time. Um, <laughs> in the, some of you believe that as well. That's great. Uh, In 1992, in the Barcelona Olympics, uh, Britain's Derek Redmond uh, dreamed all his life of of winning gold in the 400-meter race, and he'd made it to the semifinals. Good on you, Derek. And he was in that race in the semifinals. He was running like he'd never run before. He was charging down that track. And he could see the finish line in the distance. And as he charging towards it, all of a sudden he felt a sharp pain in his leg. He said in a report that he felt that he'd actually got shot in the leg. And he wondered what had gone off. What had happened was he'd torn his hamstring in his right leg. And he tried to get up. He'd gone all that way to start the race. He really wanted to finish it. And he tried to get up. Then all of a sudden, uh, this, uh, in the distance on the camera, you can see someone pushing through the crowd, getting, moving them out of the way, moving them out of the way, running off the stadium, into, onto the track, charging across, pushing past security. And this person ran up to Derek Redmond. No one quite knew what was going to happen. And he put his arm around them and he said, Derek, son, you don't have to do this. And he said, Dad, I want to do this. And he says, well, we're going to finish it together. And Derek Redmond's dad took it, put his arm around Derek and helped him to the finish line. I love that picture. He didn't get the gold medal that day, but he did go away with a memory of his father helping him across the finish line. Wow. He saw his pain. He stepped out of the stadium and he drew alongside him. And that is just a shadow of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He stepped out of all the glory of heaven. He's come down to earth. He saw the pain, the sin, the mess that we're in as a human race. And he drew alongside. And he's here today to help us go keep on running across that finish line. And all the, the challenges and the fallouts and the hurts and the pain of life, he has come alongside. And he's here this morning, drawn alongside through the power of his Holy Spirit. Wow. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you in my life, Jesus. I can't do this on my own. Need your Holy Spirit. I've, uh, I've got a song, and the, 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 the lyrics to this song are fantastic for us to just kind of take hold of this morning. I'm going to quickly play it, if that's all right, guys, just as it starts to play. And uh, consider, maybe as a weight that you're carrying, maybe you come feeling weary. But let's just listen and watch these words, and then I want to encourage us to respond to Jesus this morning. Too. I stand beside I'm all around you Though you feel I'm far away I'm closer than your breath And I am with you More than you
I know that some of us might have our nice uh, chicken dinners and salads at home waiting for us. But I uh, don't want to share all that stuff and not give an opportunity for response this morning and, and ministry. And this morning, uh, as the guys leads in our, our final song, I, if you want to make a response and uh, come to the front, we'd gladly pray with you. Maybe you're feeling weary and worn out and beaten up by life, like I have been at times. Maybe this morning you have been carrying some stuff and maybe it's a resentment or unforgiveness or just some just general baggage of life and this morning you want to lay it down and say I'm not going to carry that anymore I, I want to invite you just to come and we're not saying come come to me or come to Adrian we're saying come make it a heart response this morning we'll stand with you as you come to Jesus we'll stand with you and pray with you as you come to Jesus who will give you rest the rest in the room so church can, can I just invite you if you can to stand to your feet and uh, as we sing together our last song for the morning, if you feel that you want to make a response to what I've shared, I want to encourage you just to come, just to come, come to him, rest in him. Let's pray with you and over you and, and be, be uh, diligent in responding to Jesus this morning because he wants you to endure. He wants it. He's run the race running for you and he loves you. But this morning we make a choice and we want to run for you, Jesus. So if that's you, I want to encourage you straight away, just come, just come. As the guys start to sing and lead us in our final song, just you come. Just come, Jesus. Yeah, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just uh, come and stir our hearts this morning. I pray that we wouldn't hold back, that we wouldn't hold on to the hurdles and the hindrances of life and this race of life. But Lord, that we would just step up to you and you help us to move those things and clear the way. Clear the way. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would clear the way in our hearts and lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Rise